One thing uh, that many of you probably don't know about me is that um, I, don't, I don't really like to be interrupted when I'm in the middle of a task. Um, I, I think in some, sometimes I try to deny myself and project a little bit easier going than I actually am. And, and some of that's fighting against my inner sinful nature, I suppose. But in reality is if I, if I have a task before me or a list or something like that, I, I want to stick with it until it's actually done. And I don't like interruptions, which, you know, when, when my occupation requires a lot of phone calls and emails, interruptions happen all the time. And it, and it gets to me after a while. Uh, but generally, my family seems oftentimes unorganized, and it's because we'd, we'd rather just not deal with lists because lists cause that kind of stress. And projects can cause that kind of stress and that kind of interruptions and uh, disruptions, I would actually rather say. But when we talk about the coming of Jesus and his return to us, it, it acts and behaves for many of us in our lives to seem like some sort of interruption. To where for many of us, this aspect of our faith, we don't talk about. Uh, when, we, when we had the All Saints service that was here with us, we, we had several phrases that we repeated throughout the service, and one of them is, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Because that is what our actual hope is set in. That is the purpose for which we believe is that one day he will return and make all things new. It will be different. But for many of us, that seems like a disruption. Uh, One theologian uh, who's based at our, our college in Portland described the way we can think about this much like the protesters he often sees in Portland. And and we see them here in Seattle because we're suffering from the same thing. But every time an old building uh, comes under threat to be demolished, to be replaced by probably a a six-story apartment building for some reason, people stand outside the construction zone with protest and, and anger because this is a significant building and it probably means something to them. And oftentimes we within our faith can be just that way. How dare something interrupt my life? How dare the Lord see that He can come into my life and disrupt in such a manner? I have plans. The world is not yet what I have made it to be. My family has not come to complete fruition. So I become like that protester standing outside the construction zone. Please stop. Don't do this. And in some way, this is mostly due to the fact that I lack the imagination to ever see that something can be better. That what is to come is better than the things that I have built. Than the construction site standing behind me. So we put up a fight. We put up a pushback against this. Because maybe we're not done. Or maybe it just seems too creepy. Or we sound a little bit too much like those weirdos out there. For the past several years, my family and I have 
uh, gone down to the parade the day after Thanksgiving to see parade and capitalism at its best, I guess. And as we're down there, uh, even this past year, I saw two different sidewalk preachers go by. One holding a sign and the other one with a, a megaphone strapped to himself. I think I've also seen him outside of games, sporting games. Um, and their, their message was, was a message of complete fear of what was to come or what is to come. That actually uh, all of us should grab our bootstraps and run because whatever is coming is not good. And he becomes like a protester of a different sort. One that doesn't want it to become to come because he's afraid of what it is. But that is actually a very poor and unfortunate reading of what Jesus tells us of what is to come. That actually that day, that time, and the purpose of his coming again is not something for us to fear. It's not something for us to protest against. But rather, he is telling us all of this so that we have no fear. He's telling us all of this so that we know what to expect. Not just then, but right now. Right now in this life that you have, in this world that you're trying so desperately to create. He's telling us all of these things so that we know. I don't know if you've ever seen someone who is sick, but doesn't know what they're sick with. If if you've ever seen someone in that position, there's a lot of worry, there's a lot of anxiety, and and really more than anything, even maybe even more than having a cure for it, what they want to know is its name. They want to know what it is that they're coming up against. And most people today in the world are are happy really in their everyday lives and not knowing what they're up against. But for those in the faith, in some way we can be like that person who's waiting to hear the diagnosis. We just need to know the name of what we're up against. Jesus in all of those prophecies, in all of those statements, in all those preaching of the time in which he is to come again, He's giving everything a name. He's telling us of what we are to expect during this lifetime. That in fact there will be times where it is difficult to maintain your faith. There is going to be times when it is hard to actually raise up your voice in prayer. There is going to be times when it feels like you are so distant from the Lord that there is no way either he will take you back or you will take him back. He tells us of times where there are going to be people who are put in authority that are going to completely let us down. That there will be governments that rise and there will be governments that fall and there will be empires that come in and there will be empires that go away. He tells of a time when when Jerusalem will fall and the Jerusalem we used to know will be be no longer and that there's actually a new Jerusalem. He tells us of a time we're the people that we will wind up most united with and will become our strongest supporters and the ones who are there for our family when we need them the most. To be people you may not even know their names, but you share a common faith with. Purpose of this Sunday, the purpose of Jesus' writings on this topic 
the purpose of him making statements of preparation for the writing there of Paul's letter to Jude. All of it coming together to understand this will be disrupted. This life of yours, this time of ours, these families that we have, and be prepared. The Gospel reading for this day comes up where Jesus keeps saying over and over again, stay awake. Stay awake. And that's our commission to us. In our reading today of Isaiah 51, it says there, to lift up your eyes to the heavens and to look to the earth beneath. For the heavens vanish like smoke and the earth will wear out like a garment and those who dwell in it will die in a like manner. That there is a time coming where this earth of ours that maybe out of our poor mistreatment of it, maybe as Christ comes back to initiate His coming, it will give away. And so are we to be like the person standing there at a construction site? Are we to see what is next? At times, I've had a hard time praying the Advent prayer, Come, Lord Jesus. But even, even as a pastor, it's taken me a while to realize and to understand that it is out of the love for my family that I pray, Come, Lord Jesus. Because there's so much more that I actually want for my daughters. It's as a husband now that I've learned to, come, to pray, Come, Lord Jesus, because I want my wife to stop having to deal with some of the things of this world. It's as a pastor who has a deep family here at Lamb of God that I've started to pray, Come, Lord Jesus, because I know what it feels like to be entangled in sin. I know what it feels like to be drawn and pulled towards things and to say the words of Paul, I do the things that I do not want to do and I don't do the things that I want to do. And so I pray, come Lord Jesus, because I've been promised and given a certain hope that in the end, in the time when He comes back again, those things will go away. That there will actually be a day where you no longer have to come here to confess your sins and to hear forgiveness because all of that sin will go away. There is a time coming when death will finally be put away from us, where no longer will we have to fear. There is actually a time coming that is promised to us when it says, all tears will be wiped from our eyes. And grief, grief will have no part in our heart anymore. And for that, I pray, come Lord Jesus. Because not only has He told us what we are to face in this time, He has told us of the glory that is to come. And it is not something to fear. But it is something to look forward to and hope. And to see its importance in our lives right now. So maybe the Lord does need to disrupt us. Maybe the Lord needs to interrupt our our cycle, the ruts that we can get in. Maybe He needs to interrupt these families of ours and come barging in with all of His power and His might. This past Thanksgiving, our our district president sent out a a Thanksgiving letter. (laughs) And he ended it with a prayer from a, um, 
Michigan district president that passed away, Harry, Harry Krieger. And the prayer goes like this. Disturb us, O Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves. When our dreams have come true because we dream too little. Disturb us, O Lord, when we have arrived in safety because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, O Lord, when, with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the water of life. Disturb us when, having fallen in love with time, we have caused, or we have ceased to dream of eternity. Disturb us when, in our vision of a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to grow dim. But stir us, O Lord, stir us to dare more boldly. Stir us, O Lord, to venture on wider seas where storms shall show us your mastery. Stir us, O Lord, where losing sight of the land, we shall find the stars. And now to him who pushed back the horizon of all our hope and invited us to follow him and be brave, Be glory, praise, and honor. Amen. May the Lord disturb you. May he disturb the sin that so easily entangles and reminds us of our forgiveness. And may he stir us up to long for the day when it's all gone. May he stir us up to be his bold servants in this place, to pray for a change. Pray for those who we've yet to talk to, to pray for those that we love, and to pray for his return. May he stir us up to be bold in this place. Amen? Amen. Amen.